morning. It's a new year. Um, so 2021, huh? I'm still recovering. Well, 2021, honestly, it was the worst year of my life, hands down, no doubt about it. But God has been faithful in the midst of it. Um, and because of God's faithfulness, we can have joy. You know, the difference between necessarily happiness and joy is, is, that, is that joy can't be robbed from us. We, we can have joy despite our circumstances. Happiness tends to always be tied in with our circumstances, and we're either happy or we're not happy, depending really on what's going on. Um, but 2021 has been a tough year. I think we've had a tough year as a nation. We've had a, a tough year, um, you know, just the division that, that, that things have brought, COVID and, and mandates and all of the division that goes with that, and I just really pray that we can, as a church, continue to, to navigate that and, and, and put those things um, uh, aside, that we can uh, put Jesus first and, and we cannot politicize everything about the world around us and whatnot. Um, so we're looking back while we're looking ahead. And I, I think it's important that we do uh, try to take first Sunday um, of the new year to look forward, uh, to look back to, uh, into the year and, and see what has happened. There's a lot of things that didn't get to happen this year again. You know, we, we, we're going to do a big uh, luau, our mor mortgage-burning luau, and, and, and COVID kind of flared up and tripped that up. Same thing with our fall kickoff um, and, and some other things. So we haven't been able to, to operate necessarily um, just, you know, kind of have we, how we have in the past. But We've actually gotten a lot of stuff done in the midst of it. I feel really good. To be honest with you, we're super blessed as a church. Um, we're a growing church um, in a time where they say, you know, uh, some of the stats with COVID is that they say that one in five churches isn't going to recover from this whole thing. And churches have uh, suffered uh, deep uh, financial struggles and different things like that. Um, but honestly, we're super blessed. Um, we've had the best financial year we've ever had as a church. Um, we're growing. I mean, that's, it's a praise, you know. I mean, we always just leave that to God, but God is faithful. So, yeah, um, we want to look, look back, but then we want to look ahead as well. So, let's just start here with January. So, January, was, uh, we kind of got some things going. We had a VBS training. Um, uh, Pam did a VBS training for, for uh, potential uh, people, teachers for VBS. Um, we finished our sermon series on 1 Peter. Um, I did a podcast with Jesse Zabrowski um, on Christianity in today's culture. Uh, Jesse um, works for the Colson Center, and um, they do a lot of stuff about uh, the culture, the present culture, the temperature of the culture, and what's going on there. And so we talked a lot about different things, wokeism and different things that are kind of going on in our culture and, and kind of the effects of the, the, the culture that we've lived in. You can actually go on the app and you can check those things out that's uh, still on there under uh, podcasts. February. <clears throat> so February, uh, high school youth group, uh, the youth group did Chateau de Hog again. And, and remember, that's going to be coming up. So just a plug for potentially Chateau de Hog, right? That's the one that you don't want to miss, guys, right? That if you take your lady to one event for throughout the year, you've got to get her to the Chateau de Hog for Groundhog Day because it's a big deal, right? It's one of the biggest holidays on our calendar. 
And Chateau de Hague is a place where we, the, the church transforms into a five-star dining experience, and uh, you, you don't want to miss that. Last year, they, 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 uh, they did that. They did very well. Uh, they raised a lot of money for, for some of the things that they do as a youth group, and we'll look into more of those things coming up. Uh, we added Brent Brooks and Daryl Coots uh, to our board, um, and those guys have uh, just been a blessing to us. And then we began a sermon series on Second Peter. March, uh, we started an Easter sermon series in March, and we took a van load of donations to Lame Deer. Lame Deer, Montana has been a, a place that has been really on our heart. It's, it's, rough, it's been a rough go with, with missions and being able to do outreach and things up there because uh, they've been very sensitive to COVID. They've, they've actually experienced something very differently than what we have as a, as a rule up there. They've seen a, a lot of death. They've, they've lost a lot of folks on the reservation, and so we weren't able to actually get up in there and, and, and do a lot of stuff uh, physically, but we still uh, maintain a heart and a desire up there to, uh, to reach up into uh, the reservation up in Lame Deer. In April, uh, we did Journey to the Cross, uh, where we went out to the Kreslocks Ranch, and we walked up the hill, and we nailed um, just some things uh, to the cross up there. Um, obviously, that was uh, the Saturday right before Easter and that's been an annual event that's really been a blessing. It's been a really cool thing. So coming up this year, as you kind of start to make out your calendar, really try to uh, think about making time to do the journey to the cross. Um, we did our Easter service, which again is uh, always very well attended, right? We get two, two really big uh, services a year generally where the CEOs come out, right? The Christmas and Easter only crew. Um, and, and so we got our Easter crew, and, and we filled the place up, and, and uh, that's always really cool to get people and to be able to speak into, uh, it just becomes a great forum to, to people come to church that, that don't generally come to church, and so it's always a great opportunity. Um, we did our egg hunt uh, there, and it was organized by the high school youth group, so thanks to you guys for helping out with that and giving the, the, the littler kids that were here um, a good time. We also hosted a Sheridan County Virtual Light of Hope celebration, and that was an honoring uh, Carla Trier and her work that she has done with Foster Parent Exchange. So May, May we did a church work day where everybody showed up and we tried to catch up on some stuff that, that just doesn't always try to necessarily get done. And hey, then a big deal, right? We paid this place off. <laughs> Debt free. Debt free. What a journey that has been and what a cool thing. You know, if you're, if you're new and you don't know much about the Rock Church, um, literally we started... Um, years ago, our first place that we met was at the YMCA, and we met at 648 on Friday nights, and, and we met at 648 because we're super clever that way. Um, our verse was Luke 648, build your house upon the rock, and so we met at 648 at the YMCA. We met at Sagebrush Elementary. We met, uh, oh gosh, we had a storefront over by Walmart. We shared a church with the congregational building, and eight years ago, we got the opportunity to step in and purchase this building. And so we've paid that thing off, paid this thing off. And that is just a huge blessing. So many churches are honestly, everything about their ministry is owned by their building, right? They can't, it limits what, what churches are able to do because they're tied so deeply to a big mortgage. That's not the case for us. And so I'm super excited for what God will do with that. Um, we did a Tongue River Canyon hike. Chance took some folks up the canyon and and did a hike there in May just kind of as a fellowship time and as a time to, 
kind of even start thinking about getting fit for some of the summer stuff and hikes that, that were going on. We did a children's church teacher appreciation, um, which, was, um, which we always appreciate, uh, just the people who, who jump in and volunteer here at the church. It takes a lot of folks to get this stuff done. Sometimes you can't even believe. I mean, I know sometimes it seems like it just happens, right? But it doesn't, and it happens because there are people who jump in and who help out. Um, and so, you know, our children's church roster on average is about, or the roster is 56. I think the average on a given Sunday is about 25. Um, and so uh, we've got a lot of teachers and stuff that jump in and help that. So if that's on your heart, if you're a teacher and you'd like to bless some kids and you'd like a mission field, that's a great opportunity to jump into the church and serve. We're always in need of teachers. Um, we honored our 2021 graduates, right? There's uh, even daily. Is anybody here from that besides daily? Um, anyway, we honored our graduates, which we do every year. And we did a, a ladies' ministry. Well, there's a ladies' ministry uh, leadership team that began to meet last May. And they met um, basically not as, as the people who were kind of the ones who were going to run the whole thing, but as people who are committed to prayer and the facilitation of our women's ministry. And so that's been really a blessing and kind of a new thing and, and something that's, you know, that, that's kind of uh, been in its infancy, it's had its growing struggles, but um, I'm really excited about what the future uh, holds with that. Okay, June. We started our summer sermon series on Psalm 119, the longest, uh, the longest uh, chapter of the Bible, basically. Um, and so we spent the summer teaching through that. Uh, we did the Legacy Walk for Life. The Rock Church raised $3,485 for Legacy uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center right here in Sheridan. The total raised for that day was $14,959. Uh, Chance took some folks on the Mosher, Mosher Gulch hike um, over in Buffalo, and, and just a good time of fellowship and getting out into God's creation. Molly Pekikonis, stand up, Molly, back there. If you don't know Molly, come on, Molly, stand up, Molly. <laughs> Molly came on to staff with us and has been such a blessing. I'm so excited and so thankful to have Molly that she is come on to staff, and she is just so visionary, so um, excited about ministry, and I'm really excited just for all of the things that, that the future holds uh, with having Molly on our staff. Uh, we sent two high schoolers to FCA camp, so that was a blessing uh, through uh, monies raised uh, through our Rock Java coffee cart, which all of the, the funds raised through that go back into missions. We use it as a as, as a place for um, gathering missions funds, the high school youth group has taken that back over. So when you come to church, go grab a coffee from those guys. All of the donations that go into the coffee, it's just it's donations only, but all of those donations, every single penny of it goes into some missions project that our youth group has, has determined that they have a heart to participate in for the year. So a real simple way to participate is to grab a cup of coffee. You're probably going to drink one anyway. Grab one there at Rock Java and help to support the missions um, endeavors uh, of the church. So let's see here. July, um, Foundations of Freedom, uh, a two-day workshop. Matt and Molly, who, who do the Friday evening uh, Foundations of Freedom group, did a two-day workshop right here at the church. We had our men's retreat, the 23rd through the 25th, 
um, which is always a great time. It's up at Caffeine Park. We generally do it towards the end of July. So guys, uh, put it on your calendar. It's a, it's a great time of fellowship. We do some hiking. We do a lot of fishing. We, we eat steak. What else you want, right? Um, vacation Bible School, the 26th through the 30th, we had 64 kids, um, and we had 25 volunteers. Vacation Bible School, again, a great outreach into our community. It's one of those unique things to where we get kids that aren't churched, and we get to, to, to have influence and, and speak into their lives, and not just them, too, but their parents as well, because we invite their parents in for a time and all those, these kinds of things. Um, I did a sabbatical the, the month of July, which was very much needed. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very thankful that the church allowed me a month off. It's, it, you, you would think that I maybe got the, the, the month off after having lost Cali, but, but it was actually already on the, the docket for me to take the month of July off, and I was I'm really grateful I, I needed that time. I don't know how I could have ever ministered to anybody uh, in that time period anyway. August, um, we did our men's bomber mountain trip. So we went the 6th through the 8th up in August. We, we made camp up, uh, up, up in the wilderness area, up at, around Misty Moon Lake, and then we climbed to the top of Bomber Mountain, which if you're not familiar, Bomber Mountain is a place where in uh, World War II um, there was a bomber that took off from Oregon. It was on, on its way... Um, where was it? it was on its way to Texas, down to Texas, and from there it was heading over to, uh, to Europe um, in, in the war, and somehow they got off course, and that particular plane was over 200 miles off course, and it hit the mountain up there. Um, I think there were a crew of eight guys on it. The oldest person, the captain, was 25 years old. Most of them were 18 and 19 years old. But we hiked up there and, and saw the uh, wreckage and just had a good time of fellowship of, you know, hanging out together. And it was actually really, um, it really just made you think a lot, just getting up there and seeing that and seeing that wreckage and stuff. It was actually pretty interesting. Uh, we did a Building 429 concert in the park. So this is the third concert, outreach concert that we've done as a church. We, we brought in, well, no, it's not the third. It's, it's, it's the third lately. We've done a lot of concerts actually in the past. We've done Amberlynn, we've done Disciple, um, we, but, but lately we brought in um, Stars Go Dim, then we brought in Sidewalk Prophets, and last year we brought in Building 429, which had been scheduled for 2020, but everything in 2020 got canceled, and so we brought it into the park, and we had a great concert. The weather didn't quite cooperate, but we probably saw seven, 800 people in the park uh, that evening. I think the weather kind of shut it down a little bit, but still, it was a great and effective outreach. Um, a super cool thing, one neat thing about that is how the churches come together for that. We had all of the churches in the community that helped put money into that to facilitate that. It costs probably about $26,000 to do that concert. Um, as uh, We did all of the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. We did all of the facilitation of the concert for the most part, but, um, but other churches jumped in uh, and helped out, and each one contributed to it financially. And I, I think, honestly, that, that by what other churches even brought into the church here, we were, I think, 25,000 came in to put the concert on. So um, those have been cool. We offer those as free concerts in the park. 
So, and, there's, and that's on purpose uh, because God wanted it that way. <laughs> and uh, I was too scared to do it that way, honestly. The first year we did it, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think everybody would be, uh, I don't know that everybody would be exactly tickled if I spent uh, $25,000 of the church's money on a concert. It might be a cool concert, but they might not think it was quite that cool. But what happened is that the year before with Sidewalk Prophets, we accidentally booked ourselves with them. In other words, we made an offer to them and they took it. And, uh, <laughs> and when they took it, we were obligated, and we couldn't find a venue. And so um, I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Because there was nothing. There was no venue, period. And, I just, and God was like, do it in the park. Do it in con- at the park and offer it free. And so we did, and the same thing happened. All the money came in to pay for the concert, and uh, it's just been a really cool thing. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of those things, too, where we get people into the park. We get people into those places that might not ever come into a church. So, yeah, it's a lot of money to spend, but what's, what's one person's uh, destination to eternity? What's that worth, right? Um, so, and, and whenever it's, it's divided up between the churches, it really doesn't cost anybody all that much. One thing I love about Sheridan's really cool thing that we have going here is that we have a tight pastoral group. The, 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 the PUIC, uh, affectionately known as PUKE, um, is, our, is our pastoral group that meets every single Wednesday. And I tell you what, the really cool thing is, is that we, we, we grow in relationship to one another. We care about one another. We care about one another's churches and congregations. And when you start to do that and you're praying together like that, it begins to break down any competitive spirit that the churches have, and the church actually begins to function as it was intended to function, which is without the walls and the, and the, and the divisions that we bring um, among churches. And so, you know, we, uh, we just really get along well. We care about one another and one another's churches, and that is a unique and cool thing right here in Sheridan. Well, so in August, had Sean Farrar. He was our silver medal Olympian right there, Sean, right on, yeah. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> All right, and so uh, Molly also put on a romp, rock mom and kids play dates. They were the 17th, the 19th, the 24th, and the 26th. They were just opportunities for for uh, where we had childcare and moms could come in and they could uh, have their kids play while with with the childcare and they could visit themselves, hang out, have a cup of tea, whatever that looked like, um, and so that was cool. We hoped we hosted an Operation Christmas Child testimony evening in which uh, someone who had received one of those boxes, Operation Christmas Child box, and had come to know Jesus, um, actually came and talked about that. So those are always a cool thing. Uh, September, our services were held outside due to COVID, so we met pretty much the month of September outside. We did a third Thursday booth uh, just as an outreach into the community um, and just an opportunity to kind of just let people know that we're around and that we're a church. Uh, We had a Camp Bethel small group leaders retreat the 24th and the 25th. Um, We did a series on church as community. What does it look like to really do church? The reality of it is, is that with the online thing and the, uh, the reality of, the, of, of how things have went, we really as a church have to remind people that, that church isn't, uh, it's just not an intake of information. Church is community and church is relational. There's a real reality that we can't have church apart from relationship. And so we can't turn into online attenders. Now, now there are times for, to be an online attender and it's a great tool for that. But online church isn't really church. 
Really, church is the gathering of God's people together in communal worship to encourage one another and to grow one another and to grow in relationship to God and to one another. And so uh, we did a church as community series. Um, we had a junior high youth kickoff, and we had started to offer Operation Christmas Child boxes. October, we had a ladies' fun night, which came out of that ladies' uh, leadership team. Um, just a really a, a great blessing, a great time of fellowship for the ladies. Um, we had a mini leadership retreat on the 10th. Um, we did a ladies' fall decorating evening. We did eat up, catch up, and pray up, right, which we try to do um, the, the last Sunday of, of each month. We're going to try to get, keep that rolling if we can. We'll see how things kind of line out here coming up, but but as much as we can, and it's just an opportunity to get together, to eat together, and to get caught up on what's going on in the church, kind of give a little bit of an appraisal of where we're at and where we're going and how we see things and answer some questions. And then we pray together, and we do it before the week before communion because we're a family, and, and families get in fights at times, right? So if we get in a big fight before communion, hopefully that week we can kind of get everything ironed out before we take communion together, right? So there we go. Uh, we did a bathroom remodel. We did remodeled the ladies' bathroom, which hadn't been touched since 1958, I'm pretty sure. Um, we put new carpet in the balcony. We put new flooring in the office, in the lighthouse. That was uh, a much-needed project. We put new flooring also in the men's restroom, um, but we tried to make the ladies' restroom look a little bit nicer than it has looked, and so we're grateful for that. Um, we did an evening service makeover. Our evening service is actually quite encouraging. Um, I think that we very regularly get 30. We definitely have a committed group of people who are um, committed to that service and seeing that service grow. We started uh, offering some pizza and eating together before. Um, we, we meet for prayer prior to that, that, uh, that service, and we have offered childcare as well and are being faithful to that. So we're, we're excited about seeing our evening service uh, continue to grow. We've definitely picked up some folks, and it definitely has a momentum that uh, it didn't maybe a little earlier. November, we did an Operation Christmas Child packing party, and the church, you guys, put together 120 boxes. That's pretty cool. Now, that's not the total of the boxes. That's just what we as a church kind of gathered up. And then also, too, the Rock Java um, paid for the shipping, um, the, the shipping was paid for those 120 boxes. As a matter of fact, as a whole church, we uh, put up 279 boxes. So 279 boxes that are going around the world to bless a kid at Christmas, not just with gifts, but of the gift, right, the, the reality of Jesus, that, that they would hear the gospel, and um, that's a pretty cool thing. The high school uh, group got tired because we weren't doing a fall festival, so they left us behind in the dirt, and they did their own. So they had a hay rack ride out at the Jost, and they had uh, just kind of a good time uh, there, uh, out there. Children's Church Christmas program practice started in November, um, shared an adoptive family, which is a new program that the church took on this year. We uh, basically, um, working in conjunction with the community, actually, through a Facebook page, we basically took applications for families that were in need for Christmas, and we helped to uh, line those up with people who were willing to adopt and to support those families and purchase gifts so that we could get those gift lists uh, met. So this Christmas, we did 15 families. Uh, we provided as, 
Christmas for 15 families uh, this year. So that's an ongoing program. I think that, you know, one, it was, it was a program who the, the, uh, had been going in the community. The, the lady who had been facilitating facilitating it passed away and so we took that project on as a church in the transfer there and stuff I think we you know we got 15 families hopefully next year we'll see even more I'd like to see us do 20 to 30 families next year uh, we did a ladies fun night uh, did a decorating night for Christmas we did Thanksgiving at the rock uh, Matt and Molly uh, did a Thanksgiving dinner for anybody who needed a place to be for Thanksgiving um, they did that here at the church and I think they had a eight people or something like that that showed up. That's really cool. Um, we did uh, started our Advent series on the humility of Christmas. Um, December, um, we did a ladies' evening tea and testimony. Went caroling. There were some people that showed up at the church, and they went caroling. They went caroling at the assisted care facilities here in Sheridan. And, and if you've never done that, I would just really encourage you to do that. There's something about music that 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 touches our soul and opens our soul up. And you should see... Uh, you can just see people who have, are struggling or who are in dementia and things like that. Whenever those carols begin to be sung, you just see a light and a life come in them. It touches them in a deep place. It's a thing very much worth doing. Um, the Sounds of Christmas children's program happened, happened right here on the 19th. Uh, we did a day where we rang the bell for Salvation Army. We sat outside of uh, Albertsons on the coldest day of the year and froze to death and rang the bell. And made some money for Salvation Army. The cool thing about those buckets at Salvation Army is that every single penny that comes into those buckets stays locally. It doesn't go anywhere else. So we just took a turn to help those guys because Salvation Army provides for a lot of benevolence need right here in Sheridan. We did our Blue Christmas service, which was really a blessing. That was something new. Um, obviously, for me, um, I wish we'd done it for a long time, but I was particularly sensitive to the idea this year. And, and it was just simply a service. We took our evening service and we called it a Blue Christmas because we just wanted to make space and acknowledge that not everybody's okay this time of year. That as a matter of fact, as joyous as it is and as great of a time as it is, it's also a very painful time for people and things. And so we just made a space where we said, you know what, it's okay right now to just, we're, we're just not going to try to be okay. We're just going to make a safe space for that. And we had over 100 people here. And, and so it was really a blessing, and I think, honestly, something that was very much needed in the community, something that I think that um, was a really a great outreach, and we want to continue to see that happen. We did our candlelight service. We filled this place out. Um, don't tell the fire marshal, but we were way past what our building occupancy is supposed to be. I would guess that we had about 265 people here in the church that evening. Um, and then I just recently, this last week, got done uh, with FCA hockey camp. Um, so FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, we helped to facilitate and bring in um, a hockey camp because hockey is, um, well, it's, it's a bit of a mission field. Um, I love hockey. I play hockey. My boys play hockey. And uh, we just need some Jesus at the rink. So we, we, we brought FCA hockey camp in. We had 30 kids. We had 30 kids that participated in the hockey camp. 30 kids got a, a, a hockey New Testament, which you're like, what is that? It's like checking people for Jesus, you know, throwing the gloves off. I don't know. But anyway, it's, no, it has, it has testimonies of, of hockey players and stuff that are believers and stuff within this. So 30, 30 kids got a Bible. 30 kids heard the gospel. 30 kids got good hockey instruction. It was a win. And so I'm kind of hopeful to kind of see that 
going. FCA has a lot of, of uh, touch into the sports uh, in the community. I'm hoping that hockey will see a little bit more touch. So small groups. We got two new groups uh, this, this last year. Uh, Matt and Molly began their Freedom, uh, their freedom Ministries group, and uh, Greg and Patty Geiger started their new group. Um, we had some short studies that went on throughout the year. Uh, there was Risen Motherhood, uh, the Ragamuffin Gospel. The, uh, it was a book study, that, and Jesus, the one and only. Um, there are two men's studies that happen each week, Wednesday morning. Phil Plett does one, and Friday morning, Corey Jost does one. Uh, there are small groups right now presently that meet each evening of the week right here in the church, or some, some of them meet next door at the Lighthouse. Um, you can get a list and check those out. Maybe a good resolution is to join a small group this year, to get involved in a small group and to grow in those relationships. I promise you, it won't be easy always, and it'll be inconvenient, but you'll never regret it. All those times, so many times I've said, oh, I don't really want to go, I don't really want to go, but then you go, and you're like, I'm so glad I went. So youth, group, uh, youth groups meet Wednesday evenings, high school youth meets next door at the Lighthouse, and Sunday afternoon, uh, Pastor Mike meets with junior high right here as well. Four o'clock. Rock Java. Rock Java this year. Again, the high school youth are running that, and it's a missions consolidation. They helped Camp Bethel with their move. Camp Bethel moved from their spot on the mountain. Boo-hoo. What a bummer, but they had to, and they, they purchased a place down by Shell, so they, they uh, dedicated some money to help Camp Bethel with that. Uh, they paid for Operation Christmas Child shipping, and they helped to send Quentin Brooks to He's about to leave and head off for Ecuador, so pretty exciting. So a lot of missions opportunities. Rock Java was another one of those things that we didn't run for a while because of COVID and stuff, and so maybe this next year something that we can go back to. So missions, what have we done? Well, we've had, we've had activity in Ukraine. We supported Misha and Rosa, which is actually with a Z, um, in Ukraine, um, and those guys are a blessing to the people of Ukraine. Um, yeah, be sure to read about those. Anna interprets those and sends out those updates regularly. They, they end up in your bulletins and stuff. Uh, Barney in Nepal, uh, he's a great friend of ours. We, we met Barney back in 2002 and have been friends with him ever since. He's a, a little Nepali guy who pastors a church in Kathmandu, Nepal. He's really a blessing and a really cool guy. Um, yeah, that he actually literally is considered, they call him the Paul of Nepal because he is like, he is everywhere all the time. He's always trying to help pastors get out of jail in Nepal. Um, he, he pastors this church. He's the head of the Evangelical Society in Nepal. He's really a blessing. And so we've had activity where we've had some support and we've supported Barney. Barney is also helping other uh, pastors to uh, pastor in Nepal. And it's just a crazy thing for, for literally about $50 a month, you could, you could set somebody loose to do ministry full-time in Nepal. Um, we're supporters of Kids Life, uh, financial partners with Kids Life. Um, we're partners with Leg Legacy Pregnancy Center, with the Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, with Child Evangelism Fellowship. Uh, we just took on, so here, here's a great problem, So, and we'll get to giving here in a minute, but we try to make sure, I'm faithful to make sure that we have an outgoing 10% minimum out of this church. We, we, we generally do more than that. But um, this year, we got to the end of the year, and the giving has been so great that I'm like, we've got to give $6,000 away 
today. And so we, we partnered with, we went back in, we, we, uh, we, we sent some to Barney, we sent some to Kids Life, we sent some to Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange, we sent some to Legacy, we sent some to FCA. When we started with um, Young Life, uh, we sent them some money because they're beginning a junior high group, um, and that's Annie Smith. She runs Young Life. She's been doing it for several years. She's mainly been at the girls' school, but she's expanding out a little bit with Young Life, and she's going into the junior high. And Tristan's in the junior high, and Tristan can tell you that in the junior high, they need some Jesus, right? So, um, so we wanted to come beside that a little bit and help out with, uh, with that Young Life. So we started supporting that. So these are the things that you guys are involved with, and we're involved with these things as a church. We also have helped crew a little bit which is um, Campus Crusades. Uh, they have a high school uh, division. They're feeding kids weekly um, and, and reaching out to them. We've provided the meal um, for those guys a little bit um, this year as well. Benevolence. Uh, we regularly help people in this community. Um, as a matter of fact, this church gave out about $6,000 this last year in benevolence to help people who are in need. Um, so you guys are jumping in and helping to do that. So, so there are times we try to make sure uh, our, 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 really our, our goal is to be helpful. To be honest with you, to, always give, to give money to people isn't always helpful. It doesn't help things sometimes. So we try to really evaluate that and look over those things. And when we do give money and assistance to people, we want to make sure that it's something that's blessing them and not... Um, not something that's actually enabling them to live into something unhealthy. But both in the, in, within our congregation and outside of our congregation, we did about $6,000 this last year. Um, prayer. We, um, are, have been, we have prayer times. We have been more focused on prayer and trying to be more diligent, and this is an area that I want to see our ministry continue to grow in. If we don't pray, nothing happens. Um, there's a quote I like. It says this. It says, it says, there are greater things that we can do than pray. But until we pray, there is no greater thing that we can do. And so prayer is essential. We have to pray. And so now we have, we have prayer times. We have every Monday night, we have a Zoom prayer meeting every Wednesday at lunch. There's, we, we pray here at the church. Our Tuesday staff meetings, we pray over the church. Uh, every evening, um, we pray... Um, before uh, our second service, and often there are people here that are praying prior to uh, our first service as well. So food trays, we sent some food trays out to the people in the community just to tell them that we appreciate them. So we sent big food platters to the, people at the, to the folks at the hospital. In particular, we sent it to the ICU because the people in the hospital have been struggling. It's not been an easy time for them. It's been a very difficult year. They face a lot of animosity from people because of the politicization of all of this stuff and because of the anger and because of the division. And so we just sent some food trays and we said, we care about you. We're thinking about you. We appreciate what you do from the church. Uh, we sent some uh, to, the, to the fire department and said, thank you for what you do. Um, we sent some to the police department. As a matter of fact, when we sent them to the police department, we made Chance do it. He couldn't believe that he was actually going into the police department and offering some food to them. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but it was a great testimony of what God has done, right? Um, we sent some to the ambulance crews um, and, and told them that, how much we appreciated them as well. 
the meals ministry, the meals ministry that's going on. I'm not sure how many meals went out, but there have been a lot of meals that have went out that have blessed people within this congregation. If you're sick or you lose somebody or you're struggling, you will very much appreciate if people come around you and feed you. It is a powerful thing. It's one of the most powerful ministries that we have. I can't encourage you enough to think about at times just getting involved with the meal train and simply when you make dinner and there's a need for somebody else, make twice as much and send some food over to somebody else and bless them with it. The meal train is an absolute powerful ministry that we have right here and it's an easy way to serve and make a real difference in the kingdom. We did five baptisms over this, over this last year. We did three baby dedications. And one thing we had that was really cool was that drug court brought all of their people that were in their drug court uh, case thing, they brought them here to the church and they let us talk to them for two hours. Super cool. It was amazing. It was just great. We got to share. And then I had some chance and Matt uh, Pecuconis got to share and talk about their testimony. They got to share about their hope. They got to share about their own experience. And it was a really cool time. There were probably about a dozen people that were there. And you know what? Two of them are coming every Monday night right now to the group next door. So super cool, really good ministry, great opportunities. The building, the building is, is, is a ministry tool. That's what it is. It's a ministry tool, and we want to see this building used by the community for different things. We want to bless the community with our building. So this last year, the SCOPE program, which is a program that helps um, kids to get graduated out of high school, they both used our kitchen to do a cooking class, and then they used the whole of, our, uh, of this to do um, their graduation ceremony and stuff. And we've done that for them several times now. Um, it was a polling station for voting. Um, so this is a spot for voting. Uh, there's a B&I business group that meets next door at the Lighthouse every Thursday morning. Um, Wyoming Workforce did a training, uh, leadership training next door uh, for a week. Um, there, uh, the city of Sheridan um, has done three public meetings here in the church building. We've had uh, several funerals uh, that people have from outside of the church have um, asked and used the church to do um, funerals. There is a grief group that meets next door um, through Kane's Funeral Home, I believe, and they're using the lighthouse uh, every Tuesday afternoon right now for, a, a, for that. Um, we've had, I think, eight people fill the pulpit at different times throughout the year. Um, ben Keller has done it several times. Dan Keller did it uh, up on the mountain when we did our church camp out. Um, Mitch Reed um, has filled the pulpit for us. Chance Hawks did an evening service. Both Mitch and Chance last year and, and myself were taking um, a, a course in preaching, in biblical preaching, uh, through a seminary. And we just gave those guys the chance to practice some of the things that they had learned, too. So they came up and gave the message. Daryl Coots has given the message for us. And Phil did it here while everybody was up at church camp out. Our finances. 2021 giving for this church is $400,185.10. Okay. So to put that... And it really is something to, to, to praise because... You know, that, that means that, that we can be diligent to, I mean, think about that, $40,000 going out of here and into the community to, to do different things or out around the whole world, basically, um, to do different things. So to put that in context, um, probably our best years are about 320. That, that's probably roughly average-wise for the last several years. That's about what we've ran at is about 320. Um, 
And so 400 is a big jump. But we're a growing church, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Checking, right now in the checking account, there's $108,107.49. That's too much, but, but we'll talk about that here in a minute, too. Our savings account has $21,261.68. And we have a church growth fund that we started. Now, that's not a church growth fund necessarily for us. Let me give you a story, a backstory. Um, when we bought this building, Bethesda Worship Center owned this building. Somebody at Cornerstone, somehow Cornerstone, somebody had paid their mortgage off at the time. Well, guess what Cornerstone did? Because we have this cool group of pastors who love each other and care about each other. Cornerstone started paying off Bethesda's mortgage. So Bethesda wanted to pass that on. When they sold us this building, they sold us this building for $200,000 less than the appraised, what it appraised for. So they were blessing us. So that is something that we want to continue on as a church is that we are a blessing to somebody else, another church, or, or some kind of a means where there's going to be another church start. We put aside $28,874 at this point for that very thing. And now this next year, we want to start to give into that account. We want to see that account grow. And, um, but we want to be able to pass that blessing on to somebody else and not have it stop with us. So 2022, a um, couple things. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> uh, there, are some, it, our, our, there are over 400 people that call this their church home. Now, there aren't over 400 people that show up here every single Sunday, um, but our average attendance, which is hard to figure these times of year, or with these times, you, you're trying to figure out who do I got, who do I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a difficult time, to be honest with you, to make those kinds of appraisals right now for a pastor, but our average, if you figured that online, one view, if we figured one view was one person, and then we took our attendance that we get live every single week, our average attendance over the year is about 265 people, okay, with about 400 people that would call this their church home. Our app has been downloaded 489 times, um, and so we're a growing church, and we're in a growing community. This isn't going to stop. I mean, honestly, people are moving to Sheridan right now about as fast as they possibly can. And so Sheridan is changing. Sheridan is not going to be the same thing that, it's, that it has been. And, and so, um, and I know that the board has, has talked about this and they've, they've brought this up, but we're looking to um, add a full-time pastoral staff to our staff. Um, and there's just a need. We can't really, we just can't keep up. There, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. There's, as a matter of fact, I mean, when it comes to ministry, there's no limit to what's going on. We have to determine what we're going to do and what we're called to do and then kind of stop there. But there's, um, there's great need, and, and we want to be um, ahead of some of those things. Um, to give you kind of a clue and an idea about some of that, too, since August the 15th, we've had a 165 new people or visitors come through the church. That's just since August the 15th. So in just those was that about four months or so, something like that, roughly? Um, and, and so that, that, that means, too, that we've all got to be involved in ministry. We've got to be on purpose and on task to meet people, to, uh, to, to, to give to people, to, to give time to people, to invite people over, to make this a community where, where people feel like they can have a home and they can have a place. And to be honest, it wouldn't matter how much staff we ever added uh, to this church. Apart from that, We'll never have a real church uh, welcoming feel kind of a thing. It just, it just takes that. It takes all of us. See, 
Because church, church isn't the staff, right? The church is all of us. And, and so just being willing to, to be, um, to spend some time for somebody else, to, to be inconvenienced at times. Uh, ministry, honestly, rarely convenient. Rarely convenient. Always worth it. But rarely convenient for us. And so um, as we kind of head into 2022, um, we, we, we want to do that. I, I really want to see even with the addition of this, we, what we've really got to do as a church is we just got to focus on the main thing, right? The main thing, obviously, is Jesus. And Jesus told us how to be a church and how to grow the church. He has a recipe. See, church people, church leaders always have all of these really fancy recipes and all these amazing things and, and, and programs and blah, 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 blah. But Jesus told us to grow the church to grow deeper as a church, and to grow the church wider. He told us to do one thing. Do what? Go and make disciples, right? He didn't say go make converts, right? He didn't go say, just, just see how many people you can get to say a prayer. That's a fine thing. I'm not opposed to that. But, but if we aren't actually making devoted Christ followers, then we're missing, we're missing the mark. It's deeper than that. And actually, too, if we're not becoming deeper Christ followers. We're missing the mark. So for 2022, I'm super excited for what all God has for us. I, I think that even the times that we live in are very interesting times, as you all know, right? These are interesting times. And, and, and these, are, these are challenging times for people. And we have answers that the world doesn't have. We have answers. We have hope that the world doesn't have. We have the greatest message that's ever went on out there. And when you look at a world and you see a world that is full of all kinds of social justice moves, what you should understand about that is there is a longing for belonging. There is a longing for meaning and purpose within people's lives. And when people find or they think that they can glom onto something and it's going to be something that they can live for and something that's going to bring purpose into their lives, they're very willing to jump onto that and they want to be a part of that. Why is it that we, having the greatest message, aren't really getting it out there. We're not, we're not getting it out there in the way that, that we really need to. You see, we have the most transformational, the most world-changing, life-changing message that there is out there. We're the church, and we're called to make disciples. And again, that means you and me being willing both to go deeper with God and to help someone else go deeper with God. See, because that's how this thing works. It, 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 just, it works by, by just, it, you know what? The church didn't even grow that. It doesn't grow as fast as you think it will grow. To be honest with you, if all of Christian, Christianity, if, if everybody led one person and discipled one person to Christ, we would... We would change the whole world, right? But the problem is, is that the average Christian has never shared the gospel or led anyone to Christ. And that's a big problem because if we say that this is who we are, and if we say this is the message of hope that we have, then, then that, should, that, that should come out. I mean, again, imagine if you, had the, if you knew the cure for cancer. Would you tell everybody you knew? that had cancer? Would you run to the cancer units? Would, would you tell everybody? Would, how, how out there would we be with that message? But we have a message that's greater than that. 
Our message is an eternal message. Our message is one, it's the one thing, it's the only one thing that anybody truly needs. Now, there are other needs, I get that, and that's a reality, but what everybody truly needs in their life is reconciliation back to their maker. They need to understand who, what, who God is and, and what he's done on their behalf, how deeply he loves them, how deeply he wants to, to, to be connected to them and to, and to give them meaning and purpose and identity, and how deeply this God of ours wants to change the world. But it simply just starts with us. And I'm not asking for a big deal. I'm really not. I'm just saying, let's be devoted Christ followers. Let's, let's, let's take this opportunity. And, and, you know, it's just, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. I, I think, you know, there's not many of them that follow through. But as we've kind of thought about this in review, and we look into the world that we see, I'm going to tell you that there's a world that's just so broken. There's so much need. There's so much brokenness. There's so much despair. And we have the great opportunity to be able to, to bring light and hope into that. I mean, what, a, what an amazing privilege that God has given his church to just be the church. And, and, and to be honest with you, and I've, I've said it, if you don't understand the degree of brokenness out there, if you haven't been touched by it, if you, haven't, if you don't really get it, then you're probably living way too isolated of a life right now. You've probably walled yourself off too much in your safe house and come to a safe church, and, 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 and this stuff, it's not really that safe. It shouldn't be that safe. We should be willing to extend ourselves to, to just be out there so that others can know Jesus. So, I want to leave us with just a message of hope. I'm super excited for where we're going. I'm super excited for the faithfulness and what God is doing in this church right now. We're on like the cusp of something. I feel it. I know it, you know? And so we're, I don't know how many times, it's in the, all the time on the home pages. Christianity's in decline, right? Only, you know, 30% of, you know, people are now claiming, you know what, not here, not here. And it doesn't have to be that way. We've just got to get out with this message, right? We've, we've, got to, we've got to have something that's attractive. See, Jesus, people were running to Jesus. Sinners were running to him. We want to see him run into the doors here. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the blessings. We thank you for all that you have been at work doing. We thank you that, that God, that you are faithful and God, in these difficult times, in these times that it's been hard to, to even do ministry or to, to be a church, we thank you that, Lord, you've not left us alone and that you've, you've even begun to multiply and grow us. And God, we're truly excited for what you have for the year in store for us, Lord. So may we just set our hearts before you. May, we, may you just be our trajectory. May we look to you in all things. And may we trust you deeper than we have Last year, may we be committed to go deeper with you, and may we be committed also to take someone with us. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.